The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's nine minutes after eight. Thank you so much for staying with us here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It's time now for the Forum at Eight. This morning, we explore South African traditional medicine. Now, most South Africans, we are told, rely on traditional healers and medicines. And according to research, that number is as high as 80% of South Africans who have reported that they indeed use traditional medicines. But critics argue that the claim that 80% of citizens use traditional healers as their primary source of health care is unsubstantiated. On the other hand, traditional healers say that they are not seen in the same light as qualified medical doctors. They say that their role would be much further reinforced if they were able to receive proper training and were able to be fully accepted into the health care system. On the Forum at 8 this morning, we ask you, is traditional medicine given the enough recognition for the role that it plays in South African society? And now we really, really would love to hear your views on this. 891 that's the number you can call in on. Uh, you can also SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook, AM Live on SAFM. That question we're asking you again Is traditional medicine given enough recognition for the role that it plays in South Africa? And how do you think it should change in the event that you believe that perhaps it is not uh, receiving sufficient recognition? If you think it does, you know, what would you like to see changed Anyway, do you think uh, that uh, the uh, traditional healing methods are safe? What are your concerns around that, if any at all? Would love to hear from you this morning. Our guests are Gogo Moyo, who is a Sangoma. She joins us on the line. Good morning and thanks for your time. And uh, not there anymore. We'll endeavor to get her back. In the meantime, let's say good morning to Marcus Lowe, who is part of the policy department at the Treatment Action Campaign. Uh, thanks for your time, Marcus. Marcus also not there. Okay, so um, obviously having a few problems there with the lines, we'll resolve those as soon as possible. But just talking to you right now, um, our listeners, Traditional medicine, is this something that you actually make use of? When we hear stats like 80% of South African citizens using traditional healers as their primary source of health care, do you make up some of that 80%? Is this something that you actually subscribe to? Or is it something that for you is somewhere off, you know, way off the line? Do you even consider it at every and at any given point? Given the fact now that we know that Sangomas, traditional healers can actually issue medical certificates, are there more people who are now using this as the only way perhaps of getting treatment for ailments that they may suffer from. Love to hear your views on all of these matters this morning. That question again, is traditional medicine given enough recognition for the role that it plays in South Africa? Let's just try those lines again. Uh, Moya, uh, good morning. Tell how are you? I'm very well, thanks, and thanks for speaking to us this morning. So perhaps we can just get straight to it. Do you think that traditional uh, healers and traditional medicine in the South African context is given enough recognition? Thanks for the question. And no, I really don't think that it is. For one, the stigma against traditional healers or anything that has to do 
with um, our culture, people don't embrace it. Just like how we stepped into the, the month of, our, of celebrating our heritage, there's going to be very few things done by the youth per se in, uh, in, in celebrating this time and getting to know about themselves in comparison to going to holy uh, festivals and something that we know nothing about. So ultimately, our medicines are not recognized, they're not respected. Um, even the people who are dispensing their medicines, the healers themselves, they're seen as people who are chances, who are not real, or anything like that. So a lot of the stigma around traditional healing and its practices are not respected or given the kind of credibility that, 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 that it needs. Where do you think um, that skepticism arises from, though, and do you think that it is justified? I think it all comes from the fact that there's in the world there's just half and half of everything, half of good and half of bad. And regardless of whether I could be a really good healer and have the good morals of, and know how to take care of, 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 of the human being next to me and, and wants wellness for them, there's also someone who's trying to make a quick buck. So half, and, like half of the time people just base one decision on a story that has been widespread, whereas a good healer practicing good medicine and looking out for other people is not necessarily, it's not a, it's not a story, so it's not sensationalized. So that's mainly where it comes from, how we how people in, in, in the right platforms talk about traditional healing and its practices and what good it has for the community at, at large. Marcus Lowe from the Treatment Action Campaign, what's your view on this matter? Well, in, in our view, traditional healers can play either a positive or a negative role in, in our struggle against HIV and tuberculosis and so on. Um, what What is certainly harmful is when traditional healers encourage people not to take proven treatments like ARVs or tuberculosis treatments. Um, On the other hand, in a lot of parts of the country, traditional healers are now working with the health system. So they are trained to kind of identify people who might have HIV or TB and then to refer them to the health system. So that we're certainly in favor of because they're, they're kind of bringing people into care and they're helping to save lives. Um, as so, for medicine, mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit more complicated because, you know, there are a lot of quacks out there. And I'm not saying every traditional healer is a quack, but there are a lot of people selling medicines that are not proven to work. Um, and people take these medicines instead of ARV and you know, they don't get better, um, certainly not from serious diseases like HIV and TB. Um, so that's a very serious concern that a lot of people are misled into taking treatments that don't just don't work in general. Are you saying, therefore, that, um, you know, traditional medicine is only useful in as far as, um, you know, proven treatments are concerned, and that would suggest that uh, as far as it can work in uh, conjunction with Western medicine? Yeah, the, the most important thing is not to stop taking proven treatments. If someone wants to take additional traditional, of course, it's their right to, to take just traditional medicines if they like. But I think from the side of the state, you know, we have to encourage people to, to use medicines that we know work, um, and those are the ones that have been through clinical trials, etc. Mm. And many of those used to be traditional medicines. That's another interesting thing that, um, you know, some of the most effective malaria treatments we now have 
um, used to be old, old Chinese traditional medicine. But they went through a period of testing where we now know exactly what dose we need, etc. so we can treat people more effectively than if we just gave them some tree bark or whatever. Now, I want to pick up on something that uh, Gogo Moyo uh, spoke about earlier. She spoke about the stigma that uh, invariably gets attached to traditional uh, healers and traditional medicine. And then you spoke about quacks. Now, surely quacks are everywhere. Yes, quacks are everywhere. In the difficulty in South Africa is that because there are cultural sensitivities around traditional healers. Um, quacks often take on the mantle of traditional healers, mm. um, and they use that cultural legitimacy to sell their, you know, to sell their quack products. Now, again, I'm not saying all, certainly not all traditional healers are doing this. That would be an unfair accusation. But you know, we've we've seen this a lot, especially in rural areas. In KwaZulu Natal, we've had many cases where people are sold these um, things like ubujane, kind of a weird concoction that they say is a traditional medicine, but it's really just, you know, something a guy makes in his garage and sells to thousands of people. Mm. And then, uh, you know, once we start going down the route of naming, I see we've already got a tweet here talking about uh, some of those. Um, GP says, I don't trust Vugasale, let alone Stameta. I trust... Uh, Mothlonyane, uh, though it's for flu, it works. Aloe plants also works and so on and so forth. But just coming back to um, the more salient point there, uh, Gogomoyo, about the quacks, about the charlatans who are out there parading as traditional healers and how negatively they impact on the work that good healers are doing. You know, this thing is affecting a lot of um, legitimate healers because, for one, um, I have a couple of stories where there's one particular picture I use on my social platforms, and one person is able to just save the picture and use it in an advert in a in a, in a magazine in, in a newspaper. And there is no verification of whether this person is legitimately who they say they are or whatever the case is. And it's just as simple as that that someone could could use traditional healing and the goodness of it and, and the teachings behind it and just carry on with it and promise people that they can do X, Y, and Z, whereas they know nothing about being a healer themselves. They, they're using what they know from other healers and take advantage of that, and that's how it gets to be so widespread. And there's very little we can do about it because even our organizations who are supposed to hold us and, and, and kind of accredit us are also trying to push their own agendas there should be a system in it where it, once I, I, I get out of my training, uh, already by the person who's training me, I should leave the, the, that place with a certificate. And by the time I get to my own practice, there should be even like a, like a library full of, of names of accredited healers in South Africa and their specialities. Not just people just cropping up every day and saying that I'm a healer and have nothing to support it. And unfortunately... Um, even when you do want to get a certification, you find that the process is so long, it's so very irrelevant. People are just always trying to suss each other out and not necessarily trying to get to accredit, uh, giving people accreditation and making sure that South Africa has the A grade quality healers. I mean, traditional healing wouldn't have survived for so many decades and so many years if it wasn't relevant. As much as uh, the gentleman, uh, the guest that you're speaking with as well, mentioned that some of um, uh, the medicines that they could uh, that heals malaria comes from Asian um, and Chinese 
um, heritage. It's part of the whole thing because also in my heritage, there's many medicines that can heal a lot of ailments today, but I would never ask one of my clients to stop using the ARVs or any other medication that they're on um, because ultimately I'm a healer that deals with, with spirit and, and holistic healing. I'm not a, a doctor that deals with, with your blood sample and, and how your sugar levels are. Um, and the moment that the two worlds come together and I as a healer get to be taught how to administer certain medicines to a person with diabetes or, or, or depression or stuff like that, that's only where the two can actually marry. But until then, we're always going to be on, on opposing sides. Mm. You talk about a long, irrelevant process um, uh, in order to even receive some form of accreditation. Talk to us about that. What does that entail? Um, it's very different also uh, from, from group to group because in some of the other groups that I have wanted to be a part of so I could get my accreditation, uh, you find that uh, they take you with the clan that you belong to, the group that you were raised in, and then you have to go uh, to some kind of like meeting area with other clans, and you're supposed to almost, it's almost as if you have to contend against each other to see uh, who's the most learned or, or, or who knows how much of, of what they've been trained. And like trying to find out what's missing in that certain individual, how they could be taught more, or what other ways can we teach them and get the information to them. And um, there's also a lot of money involved uh, having to do with your teachers and the people who actually give out these accreditations. It's, it's just, it's, it's a very long process and, and very unnecessary because I, I wish it, would, it was possible for me to just go onto a website. Um, like uh, the organization's website, and just have to register myself, and and that and that process could be just as easy as that without having to involve so many other parties unnecessarily. Mm. But what about uh, the consumer then? How is the consumer protected? Because anyone can then just claim to be a traditional healer. How do you know that the person uh, you are actually consulting with actually has the right to be administering any sort of? Uh, uh, medicine or whatever else they may prescribe to you? That is a very big concern even for myself as a healer because even when I try to get um, mentorship from other healers, I will never know if this person is really accredited or is legitimate in any way. And the same way for, for people, for, for our clients that come to see us, um, at the moment all they could really go on is, is just hope and faith and just believe that this person is real in terms of the things that the, the information that's being shared to them does it make sense to them is everything that they, that this person is saying to them possible i think it's more about um what what you get from the healer more than you actually walk in uh, and find a certificate and that's very rare there's very few pe- uh, healers especially it's actually more the older healers that have more accreditation than the younger healers and some of the other ones don't have any accreditation at all, and that's what makes it impossible for someone to be able to differentiate between a qualified one and a person that does not have any training at all. And Marcus, obviously also of concern would be, you know, the ethical framework under which uh, traditional uh, healers would actually work. What are your views on that? Well, yeah, our concern is really for the patient um, in the first place. So... You know, if you die with HIV or you have something horrible like drug-resistant TB, something like that, then, I mean, it's understandable that you're going to feel very desperate and you're going to try whatever you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and given the state of public health system is, 
if in, you might go to the clinic and you'll have to stand in a queue for three or four hours and, you know, the nurse might be rude to you. So, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are very, um, understandably, very vulnerable to exploitation mm-hmm. and that we have to protect, make sure they are protected. So, you know, I think it's good to have some kind of regulation of um, traditional healers, but what exactly that looks like is a very difficult question. Mm. Um, you know, from our side, the emphasis should be in creating a link between them and the healthcare system so that they can refer um, patients in a responsible way, but then they can continue to provide support to um, patients who need it, which would often be psychological report, support, would be more culturally sensitive, um, which is something people don't really get in the healthcare system. Well, listening to the views expressed here this morning, what's your take? We are asking you on the forum at 8 this morning, is traditional medicine given enough recognition for the role that it plays in South Africa? What are your views on that? 891 is the number to dial. Let's speak to Bruce, who's calling us from Randburg. Good morning, Bruce. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, look, I, I understand... I have no problem with people who want to use traditional healers because it's part of the culture and it's your choice if you want to go to a traditional healer as opposed to a doctor. But my question is, what about the responsibility, the real responsibility when someone loses their life because you have a a traditional healer that prescribes a certain medicine or gives advice and it doesn't work out? So let me give you an example. Let's say you've got a doctor, a qualified doctor, who tells the patient um, he must take a whole lot of, of morphine to, to numb the pain, the patient ends up ODing and dying, that doctor will lose his license and he'll be charged with negligence. If you look at marijuana, the marijuana example, a lot of the Sangormas told the miners that if they took certain muti, not only would the police not be able to see them, the bullets wouldn't affect them. And this directly led to the death of a lot of people who truly believe that somehow bullets wouldn't affect them. So my question is, what about the responsibility and the legal consequences around traditional healing if it doesn't work out and someone dies. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Bruce. And, and and that's a valid question, um, given the reasons that Bruce has outlined there. Koko uh, Moyo, let me start with you. Wow, that is a very, very, very interesting question because I also agree there has to be accountability, there has to be responsibility. Um, and the thing with that is, it, it goes back to what I said before, I could tell you to take a certain medication and tell you that it's going to do this for you. Um, I could even play on your vulnerability. I could even um, just try to get the money that I want out of you. Uh, and that's part of the, the problem where I'm not accredited. Um, there should be some. There should be steps that I should have to go through. And if something happens to that individual, I should also be held accountable, just like how the doctor would lose their license. And I agree fully with that. Um, and also... The same thing um, with um, the the, medi- the medication that was the mutu that was used by the miners. It, it's also the certain things that have been told to people that make them believe that once a person tells me a certain thing, I must believe it wholeheartedly. Whereas it doesn't do what it's meant to do, and that's where it plays on the vulnerability of people. There's a lot of half truths um, that is told based on what the, mo- the what is the aim of that healer that is giving out this medicine, and it's very dangerous. For all parties. But doesn't Western medicine expect the same of us? Don't we believe that if I take these two capsules, that indeed my flu will be cured? Indeed. And it's the same thing. As, as much as um, if you go to a doctor and you feel, and they tell you that, that you have diabetes, whereas 
you feel very different and you don't feel that you have the symptoms of that you have diabetes, you end up going for a second opinion. And, and a third and a fourth, however many that you need for you to feel that you got your answers and you know what's actually happening with your body. And I recommend the same thing because there's not even, there's not a certain healer that can tell you absolutely everything about yourself. Whereas you have to go for certain, um, uh, like a number of consultations via different people. Validate what, what they're saying. Is it true? Uh, before you go out spending your money on all these remedies and medications that they're giving you, um, I don't mind if someone comes to see me and then goes validate somewhere else. It's very important. It's, it's, if it's something that you need to do, then I'm all for it because I don't believe I have anything to hide. Um, what I told you at the time was what I was what your ancestors were telling me um, to re, uh, were telling me to relay to you. So. Second opinions are, are very, very relevant. They're very important. And, and you cannot just go on, on every word that you're being told out there. Is traditional medicine given enough recognition for the role that it plays? Or are you skeptical about uh, what traditional healers and traditional medicine actually has to contribute? That's what we're talking about this morning on the forum at 808-91-104-208. That's the number to dial. And you can also SMS us on 34701. I have quite a few that I'll read after the news break. And you can also tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM. Our guest this morning, Koko uh, Moyo, who is a Sangoma, as well as Marcus Lowe, a part of the policy department at the Treatment Action Campaign. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thanks for tuning in to the forum this morning. We are asking you, is traditional medicine given enough recognition for the role that it plays? And I just want to pick up on something that our health minister, Aaron Mutsualeri, was uh, saying um, when he was talking about African traditional medicine. He says, in contrast to what we see happening in Africa, in China uh, has not only legalized traditional Chinese medicine, but it has transformed uh, TCM into a global health modality without the preliminary scientific evidence required in South Africa. As a result, uh, uh, traditional Chinese medicine is being exported around the globe and is included in over 42 medical schools in the USA, including the prestigious John Hopkins University as well as Harvard Medical Schools. So just something to chew on um, with regard to this particular discussion that we are having. Do we as South Africans give enough recognition to the role that traditional medicine plays in our society? And uh, lots of messages coming through, but I'd love to hear from you. 891 is the number to dial. But let me run through some of those messages in the meantime. Mangali says, a traditional medicine, once it is scientifically approved, Proved is no longer called traditional medicine like uh, probetics. It's used to lower blood glucose. Terence Brink and Kimberly also writes in uh, saying that traditional medicine uh, do work, uh, especially the herbs, because Western medicine sometimes doesn't work. Mabule in Pretoria says traditional medicine has power. Post office workers are currently on unprotected strike. Uh, the management claims the strike cannot be resolved because of the strength of traditional muti. And then Mdluli says traditional medicine should be strongly discouraged as when it fails, it does uh, the user, it becomes a burden to the user and the taxpayers. And Ntebeling, uh, Malachi in Burgersford says, 
they are not given recognition because some of the companies don't accept their sick notes. That is, there are some diseases that needs their attention. Let's hope that they'll be given recognition uh, sooner rather than later. And then Spiwo and KZN, I see you've hit us up both on uh, Twitter as well as on SMS, saying, uh, boy, oh boy, these traditional healers now occupy three pages of the Sunday world with their notorious messages Why do they call themselves professors? And uh, this one says, it's a cultural thing, steeped in witchcraft and mooty killings. If legalized, you will have more murders for body parts. Leave the occult alone. Now, that I think is very interesting because we were just wondering off air as well, uh, Marcus Lowe, whether it is that particular stigma that actually, you know, um, makes it difficult for people to distinguish between witchcraft and actual traditional healing. Okay, we seem to have a problem with that line once again. But uh, let's go to the lines anyway. 0891-104-208. Apologies uh, for the gremlins uh, that have beset our system this morning. We'll try and get our guests back. Carol in Nalspreit, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you, my dear? Well, and you, Carol? I just wanted to comment that I think um, before Mr. Mzaledi, even um, our former minister... Um, she tried her best, you know. There's more than 80% of South Africans who believe in traditional medicines. It's just that people are just made to believe that it's a bad thing. And all I want is, as much as they've involved uh, traditional, heal- uh, traditional, um, traditional, um, not traditional healers, but Amakos, if they've involved them in government, they must do the same with the uh, traditional healers. They must get those who have certificates, and they must be engaging with them in terms of how do they uh, go through a process whereby they can test the traditional healers in terms of them being able to prescribe the right medication Mm -hmm. and also in terms of the the type of medication that should be prescribed. Traditional uh, healers are always uh, taken as witches, which I think the community needs to be taught I'm just glad that you've got this discussion this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Carol. Let's see if Marcus Lowe is back on the line with us. Marcus? Hi, I'm, I'm back, yes. I'm not sure how Hi. much of Carol's call you actually heard. Um, but yeah, you I missed quite a bit. Well, she was basically saying that, you know, even before a Minister Aaron Mutsualedi came um, to be the Minister of Health, you had uh, his predecessors, like the late Minister Manto Shabalala Simang, who also, you know, uh, was very clear on the role that traditional medicine could play. But then also that drawing that distinction between witchcraft and traditional healing. Yeah, I think the, the first thing to, that we should be very clear about is that the previous um, health minister, Manto Shabalala Simang, took, took it you know, completely too far to the other side. She rejected antiretrovirals. Um, mm. She endorsed um, people selling, you know, what we consider quack medicines. Um, she specifically endorsed Ubujane, which is uh, unproven medicine being used in KwaZulu-Natal. So I think Minister Mozzavedi has been much more rational um, and, you know, he's balanced the kind of different interests much better. Mm. Um, Well, well, how do you respond then, Marcus, uh, to a criticism that says, 
you know, why is there such a great onus on African traditional medicine to actually, you know, prove its um, its validity, you know, that, that, that it deserves to be taken seriously as opposed to a Western, traditional wits, a Western medicine, which doesn't seem to be put through the same rigorous scrutiny? Of course. No, I, I think Western medicine, I, I think the term Western is problematic. I'd rather talk about proven medicine. Um, and the difference is that, you know, antiretrovirals or, you know, your diabetes medicines, have gone through rigorous testing. So, you know, it's been in trials that where half of the patients got a real drug and the others got a placebo. You know, and that's how we find what really works. Mm. Now, we don't have the same thing for traditional medicines or, you know, that people aren't doing enough of those trials and we should probably be doing more. Um, but, you know, the fact that something has been used for hundreds of years doesn't mean it, it works. Um, and a good example of that is bloodletting, um, which was used in Europe for, you know, 200 years. And they thought it worked, but the moment it was properly tested in the U.S., um, you know, in a proper trial, they found that people who, you know, it doesn't save any lives, etc. So, you know, testing these things is the only way we really know what works. Um, and it's not an East or a Western mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's a process through which we should put African medicines, traditional medicines, and then we'll see which ones really work and which ones don't. Well, is it a matter of testing then, or is it a matter of actually documenting uh, that uh, test over a period of time? Because uh, the, the fact that people actually do believe in most instances is because uh, this is something that has been passed down from one generation to another, and people have seen the healing effects. Yeah, so, so there might be something to some of these treatments, right? But the difficulty is if you take a herb or you know leaves or something, uh, or some preparation, you don't really know what exact amounts of what um, substance is in that. So in a proper testing process, we'll, you know, we'll figure out what the chemical is that's actually helping you heal or helping you manage your pain. Um, we'll do trials to figure out what the ideal dosage is, and eventually we'll have a more effective treatment. So, uh, But you see, that, that, yeah. that, that, that's where I think the difficulty comes in, because the fact that it is a pinch of that as opposed to 200 milligrams of it, mm-hmm. does that really make a difference? Does it make a difference that it goes by some African name uh, that is unknown to Western medicine as opposed to a scientific name? Does that really make a difference? Well, the difference is, you know, in what we know. So, as, I, as I'm trying to explain, the, you know, the only way we can really know whether something works is, is through um, randomized control trials. So you give half the people one thing, half the people another thing. They don't know what they're getting. So, you know, their beliefs can't influence the results. Mm. And then you, you look which group does better. I mean, obviously, um, that's can, the convention, that. but is that the only way? Is that the only way, though? But, but, but let me hear from Gogo Moyo what's her take on this. Gogo Moyo? Yes. Um, my take would be, I've got a few points, actually, because, for one, when I am to get a client um, and I have a booking for tomorrow morning, in my sleep, uh, my ancestors will let me know that 
Ronald is coming um, tomorrow and his problem is X, Y, Z and do this and that. Uh, mix that medicine with that medicine uh, for him and he'll be fine and well on his way. And that's part of the the mystery and, and the, the, what makes traditional healing so special is because a lot of our stuff does not come from textbooks or labs. It comes from people who have sent us, the people who, who, whose work we're doing, you know. And that medicine would be very relevant for Donald, but it wouldn't be for Sipo or, or, or Sandra, you know what I mean? Mm, so, now I'm worried. So, now I'm very worried. Because of what if I don't come to, your, uh, to you in that dream through your ancestors and I present to you the next morning and I say, this is what is wrong, what are you going to do with me? Pardon, please say that again. I mean, is it always a case of the person coming uh, would have uh, been presented to you through a dream by your ancestors in some or other form? Or are there sometimes people who just happen uh, the following day? Um, it's not 100% of the time that it happens that way. It's it's a, it's those special moments uh, between different kinds of people. Um, but a lot of the times, the person would just come into my practice and I'd sit down and I'd sit on my bones and that was where their the reading would come from. That is where what kind of medicine I should use would also come from or whatever the problem that they're dealing with would come from. Um, it, it, I'm, what I'm trying to, to, to show here is that a, a lot of what we do cannot happen in a controlled environment because even while I'm sitting with you in a consultation, there's going to be information that comes to me um, that's of what else I must do for you. It doesn't take from anything else I've done for you, but it, also even in the dosages and stuff and, and how to measure the medicine, it's it's almost like it's, it's, a, it's a, a certain kind of feeling that you have. As much as there's a difference between a pinch and 200 milligrams, in the sense of traditional healing, there really isn't because the medicine itself, the properties remain the same regardless of the dosage. But it's not like we're going to give you a bucket load of medicine in comparison to a teaspoon of it. Everything is in moderation, you know. And once you see the progress in something, that's when you get to see, I should add more or let me change and use something else. And that is how we also get to test if something works or not through time, um, through working with that individual. Um, come back and uh, or email me after a week of using this. Tell me how you feel. What else are you seeing? What is different about you? We don't just give medicine as a one-solved problem for every other person and expect it to work the same. Um, it, it, it doesn't necessarily work that way. Are you saying it's trial and error? I, I think it's the same for a lot of things as well. Yeah, that does not make me feel very comfortable. It doesn't make me feel safe. But, but, but what do you feel? 0891-104-208. Um, we're asking you this morning, is traditional medicine given enough recognition for the role that it plays? And, you know, uh, people are making fun of my poor voice. Um, Mbusi Squircher says, uh, I must ask Koko Moyo for something for my flu. <laughs> and uh, many others concurring with that, Zandi Jubazana uh, Zandi as well. Um, I'll ask for something, but not quite at the moment, because now I'm not too sure about either of the two methods. Um, so I'm going to go to the lines and hear from our listeners. Let's go to uh, Prof uh, Kalimi. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Prof. Hi, SAFM has made an interesting era today. You talk traditional medicine, you close your lines to us. How so? I don't know. We've been trying to call you. No, it's probably just been busy. We haven't closed them. I've actually been punting them since we started. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, it's just an observation. 
Continue, Prof. Uh, you, it, it's a tricky one now where you are because you have a gentleman who comes from the treatment action campaign who only knows HIV and TB and talks to traditional medicine as if it's only existed because of HIV and TB. It's, it's the oldest system in the whole world. Africa is a cradle of humankind. We have the oldest system in the world, even older than China and Indian medicines of, systems of medicine. And then you tell me that it has only existed and only the way that it should be recognized is by a random clinical trials, which is a Western concept. Now, the, the contest here is how do we know? It's, it's all of contesting knowledge. How do you know? If it's not been through randomized clinical trials, then it's not knowledge. It, traditional medicine does not need to conform to the Western. It's a cultural, it's an African system, and it should let's, let's, let's regulate it within its own system, not, not to make it as if a traditional healer can function only by referring to a doctor. Then they're working. They're like, what do you call that? They're small technicians for doctors. Mm. even below nurses. That's, that's actually an insult. All These right. people are in society, they've been there long before, uh, and, and now you say the only way they should be accepted is by referring to a doctor. All and right. that's wrong. Got you there, uh, Prof. Kalimi. And uh, Chris, you're calling us from here in Joburg. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, <clears throat> I think some of the points have been taken by the, uh, Professor Kalimi. I think in South Africa we are recognizing uh, traditional medicine. The fact that we have reached a particular schism, which is largely because of the political economy of development of medicine in general, especially as the gener- in the 20th century, when people began to frequent clinics and hospitals, and and therefore which influenced that behavior more to believe that anything which has got a title doctor is best, anything miss or mama is not good. So I think those are issues that you are dealing with. But most importantly, I think what Professor Galini has left out is that you are challenging an institution. I think he did say a little bit. You are challenging an institution which defines who I am as an African. When you begin to say, just because there is Dr. Nala in KZN who claims to cure AIDS, you therefore demonize the whole institution, I think that is wrong and very insulting. And that's why, for an example, we are not moving. That's why people do choose not to take ARVs and go for medicine because that's who and what they believe in. And that's why I was even saying on the Twitter, we need to mind our language and let us use the language that is appropriate. We are dealing mm. with an institution that has been there for quite some time. And do not insult people just because you want to make a particular point. And I think we have to begin to move. And there is no other place where the WHO definition of health is practiced where it says, it's not about the presence or absence of disease, but it's about the state of, is restoring a particular state of mind. And nowhere, traditional medicine and alternative methods of medicine are the best way that practices that definition. But South Africa, we only believe on therapeutic medicine. That's why we, we are where we are, and it's about behavior more than an institution. And thank you very much for a very great show. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Chris, for weighing in there. Uh, Zola D. Culture on Twitter says, the problem uh, in Western belief uh, culture is right uh, with the support of the media 
All else is suspicious. More than a thousand people die every day from preventable medical errors in U.S. hospitals. These errors are the third leading cause of death in the U.S., killing more people than car accidents or diabetes. And then Linda says, I would like to know from the lady there, uh, what about the Indians that run uh, their own chemists that sell traditional medicine? Uh, What is the connection there that we've got with quite a number of them in KZN? and those so-called uh, profs, Awiwi or Mama Africa, that are looting people's money in the name of tradition. How do we deal with them? Eddie says, I do not trust traditional meds because uh, they may just use human or animal parts, but uh, maybe um, give herbalists a chance as they use traditional plants for meds. And then Twane uh, Maibuya in Tembisa says, how do you measure the dosage and how do you know the strength of each muti? given to the patient. Muzi in uh, Hibadine says, how do you define a gogo? A gogo is an old woman. That lady sounds young. And um, uh, this one says, is your guest an Inyanga or Isangoma? And uh, this one, T.D. Ngonyana says, um, our African governments are loyal to Western medicine, not to African traditional healers, uh, muti and certificate accreditation issues. When will those be resolved? Yanga in the Eastern Cape says, we have walked on this earth way before Westerners and their Western medicine existed, even though traditional medicine has become perverted and is not getting enough recognition, it will always have relevance. Those some of the messages coming through. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Some very interesting tweets coming through before I uh, put it back to our panel. Spesitlen uh, Tombella says, bring back lost lover, penis enlargement, tokoloshi, money, etc. And all those posters that you see everywhere came with the foreign sangomas. And then as Busiso says, it really upsets me and it saddens me how people, including you, Sakina, question the credibility and the capabilities of traditional healers. And I make absolutely no excuse for that. I will continue to question, and not just uh, traditional healers, but everyone. And as you heard, if you were listening closely, Busiso, there are some questionable practices out there and people who are bringing the practice into disrepute. Melvin uh, says pharmaceutical companies are at war with traditional medicine therefore dominant ideas become ruling ideas because money talks. And Tieti says problem with traditional healers is inaccurate diagnoses. Renal patient was instructed to take four liters of liquid to consume. How do you do that? And uh, just a few of the others. Sandy Lehoane says uh, here in the kingdom of the Zulu we fully recognize traditional traditional doctors and we love them. Uh, Tswanelo says our traditional medicines are being looked down upon by us because of what our historians are telling us of the practice. Morolong, um, it is 72%, not 80%. I'm working on ethnobotanical knowledge here in Pulukwane as my thesis. I love the topic, by the way. And uh, this one here from Lebu Zulu says South African government does not take anything African serious. Indigenous language language, culture, religion, uh, for that matter, receives uh, receives zero funds. And uh, Tapelo Motumi says, homeopathic medicines heals unlike certain Western meds that perpetuates lifelong dependency with big profits for companies. Marcus? 
Yeah, firstly, if I um, offended anyone regarding to, regarding to the cultural value of um, healers, I apologize for that. My intention was not, was not to do that. What I want to say is that in the past 15 years in this country, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, well, a few million, have died unnecessarily because our government delayed the introduction of antiretrovirals. Um, and that's, that's a large part of why we now have so many orphans, why we have so many single-parent households, etc. So hard as it may be, I think we have a moral obligation, and it's, it's a very serious thing. We have a moral obligation to promote proven medicines and not to fall for um, unproven medicines. And even if that's, you know, difficult for us to accept from a cultural perspective, um, you know, we're talking about people's lives here. We can't mm. sacrifice people's lives just because we want mm. to be sensitive about cultural values. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, just this one from Renetti he says, witchcraft and traditional practitioners are two different things and people need to learn to separate the two. Coco? So, uh, yes, um, to answer some of the questions that um, the tweets uh, came in, uh, I am Ukoko because of the people I am carrying. I am not Ukoko because I look like a granny or anything. It's because you're respecting the people that, that, that I'm carrying. That's why you would address me as Ukoko. Um, another thing about dosage and the strength of Umu team, you learn all of that through Uktwasa. You wouldn't just, that's part of the importance of Uktwasa. You don't just dispense medicine and decide how much you want to put in there. You get taught the relevance and the importance of why you use Umu of a certain nature and the strengths of that muti. Um, as well as the Indian people who sell muchis in their stores and become herbalists, from a long time ago they have been working very closely with Izangoma and Inyanga. And that is why they also get to learn these things. And because they have, a, let's say, a, a different way of, of, of expressing how to work with our medicines, they are able to um, start their, 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 their shops and, 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 and make it systematic enough that when you walk in there you know exactly what you can find in the store and their properties and they know how to sell their products in comparison to them just selling medicines that they know nothing about. And yes, I'm very proud to be a traditional healer. 26 years of age, a South African uh, today, I think it's a very big accomplishment for me because mm. no matter how, how Western I can be, no matter how fancy my schools can be, it cannot deny the fact that I am I'm baby and I'm Shona, you know. And when my ancestors come to me, they come to me with direct instructions that I need to execute. So regardless of what I've been taught at school or what other people may decide or may feel about my tradition and, and how I practice my culture is very irrelevant for me. Two minutes after nine. Time for news with Vibakshni Chetty.